Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of HR Tech Chat. I am very, very excited to be speaking with Tom Sielek today, and I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Tom. I've never actually asked you. <laughs> That's right. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Tom runs HR leads HR operations for a global asset management firm. And um, he's been in the space for a while. He and I uh, spoke, um, met uh, several years ago, each of us in a, in a, in a former professional life um, in the same, same HCM space. And, uh, and uh, we've had many, many really interesting conversations over the years and, and, and recently uh, reconnecting earlier this year, uh, just around you know what is what is the 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 impact significance uh, essentiality or criticality of HR technology to HR leaders these sorts of things we've we've talked about employer culture lately and all these uh, very very pressing uh, current um, themes in our space and and we thought you know what. Uh, we should probably do a podcast, an episode of HR Tech Chat, and, and just kind of, um, you know, if if we can in any way potentially impart some knowledge or you know or bring something out there to the to the market that other people can chew on and think about to help bring us all forward or evolve. So, uh, thanks for joining us, Tom. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and? Um, and I know that uh, you have this uh, concept of the HR technologist that's fascinating to me. Maybe you could uh, delve into that a little bit. Sure. So um, thanks, thanks for having me, Brent. Uh, like Brent said, my name is Tom Selek. Um, I run HR operations for a global asset management company called Allianz Global Investors, um, based here in New York. Um, throughout my career, I started in consulting. I've done a lot of work in the um, HCM technology space. So I have a lot of years of experience dealing with different vendors. Um, in the space and really, really like drive HR technology through uh, companies to make sure that they utilize that technology, and engage their employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's really, um, you know, you can't do HR without technology. Well, you can, yeah. but it's very, very difficult. Um, um, it would require just many, many, many hands. Um, maybe you can get into that a little bit. What is, what, how is the technologies, um, uh, you know, relationship to HR. How has that evolved? Uh, we don't have to blow the ocean here, but where are we today? I mean, versus you know, say 10, 15 years ago, even. So when you think about like HR technology 10, 15 years ago, very like old antiquated systems really wasn't there to really drive process efficiency. It was more there to like process data, make sure people got paid. Um, but you've really seen over the past, let's say 15 to 20 years, Number one, that the HR technology space has really started to evolve, okay? So realistically, um, back 10, 15 years ago, it was really just processing data. Now it's really becoming an engagement tool or productivity tool, really basically allowing like employee engagement, driving employees to a platform, really becoming an efficient part of the, the organization. In addition, like um, a lot of data analytics have come out of these brand new systems, really like driving you know, like, people data analytics and uh, people, um, people metrics throughout the organization. So it's been, a, it's been a significant evolve from like 15, 20 years to old mainframe systems to really now technology systems. You know, um, probably like 10, 15 years ago, you never really thought about, you know, having a, a technology skill set in HR or a mathematical skill set in HR. It was more of a customer service focused or more of a process focused. But realistically now, 
those really need to come together and really HR people, at least many of them, they need to really understand what HR technology can do. Mm -hmm. So you're really starting to see like that, you know, IT does not drive HR technology anymore. You're really seeing an HR person or HRIS analyst really in the department, driving that technology, implementing that technology, being able to really, you know, take the business rules that they know from an HR process standpoint and really drive them through the system. So technology and HR has really come a long way and those technology skills really need to evolve. And I think that's one of the things that is starting to happen more and more. You're starting to see more technologists in the HR space, even though we're not fully there yet. But it really, I've seen like the most successful HR departments really have that critical role of like an HRIS analyst or a senior HRIS analyst to really drive and utilize the system. These brand new systems have like over, let's say like 2000 great features. They can really drive efficiency. The issue is that if you don't have a technologist in the actual space or someone that really understands what the technology can do, you're not really getting the biggest bang for your buck. So mm -hmm. instead of just basically, let's say processing payroll, like you really wanna basically drive that data. You want people to be able to go in there and have like a one-stop shop to like do some of the HR business processes and really to basically have all those backend calculations that you used to never have that can actually be done in the system. You do see with these new, um, you know, software as a service models, like you can do everything on your own. You don't need to call the, the vendor like you used to, to basically start creating any backend process. You have access to all that. So mm -hmm. it really, really, when you think about getting the biggest bang for your buck, like you got to move beyond the old, the old, like just payroll process or the benefits enrollment to really see what an HR technology can do for you. That's really interesting. I, there, there's so much to unpack and and what you just shared there, there are so many things so first of all I, I think about okay well this is this is interesting it's 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 uh it's 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 the mirror image of the evolution of of our thinking about what hr is all about um right you know in terms of driving employee engagement and productivity and all these sorts of things versus taking care of um just Sort of the 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 basic uh, necessities of employing people, like making sure payroll is is uh, processed correctly, and all this kind of stuff, and and which is important, but but we've we kind of moved beyond that. Um, what's really interesting to me, uh, maybe we could maybe we could kind of bounce off from here. Um, we talked about IT, right? And and everybody knows IT is no longer the the driver really of um, of uh, enterprise software decisions there but they're still involved and and, and to me uh, what you what you mentioned around being an HR technologist and really understanding the technology and everything that you can do with it to me that seems it seems that 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 IT could potentially well how do we put this you don't want to leave it to IT maybe to have sort of a final say or somehow have a, um, a, um, a you know, a, what would you call that is somebody can, you know, they can vote against something. Um, veto? You know, yeah, a veto, yeah, veto, <laughs> that was the word I was looking for. And you know what, IT to maybe have veto power over, over something you want to do in HR that's not gonna be possible without embracing a little bit more of the technology that you're using. So, so maybe you could talk about that a little bit more, the dynamic, you know, being an HR technologist to me seems as a way to kind of consolidate or, or, or to help ensure that that, 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 that democratization of the power 
uh, centers and making software decisions remain democratized? Yeah, so I think, you know, when it, when it comes to sort of HR technology, like I said, this is definitely, it runs so many different processes. We're talking about every HR process that's very complex that a lot of IT people don't realize the, the actual process or how it affects the people or really how things work from a compliance perspective with HR. So HR technologists can really bring through like the technology and the compliance and the people side and sort of bring that all together where it's definitely not like just a like a standard you know technology package that IT just like basically supports right there's definitely more than a support function when it comes to these IT uh, these new HR packages it's really a thorough understanding of the process and the people and really what it can bring to the table so I think from my perspective like you know I, I always have brought IT to the table more from like a you know a user access management from a single sign-on perspective but even now so like you know like a lot of things are hosted, you know, the hosted environments there. So like you don't need IT to do any of the development. Like these new software vendors, they are your IT department. They do your yeah. development. You know, you can reach out to them. Like, you know, you could do they they basically do all the data transmissions with your with your benefit vendors. So the need for IT is like these HR technology vendors, they are your new IT, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not really definitely stuck in sort of those old school, like you like most companies don't have their own data center anymore. It's really every all the most stuff is on a hosted environment. So I think it's like understanding that, you know this is sort of an HR tool to really drive, you know, HR processes and people and engagement. I think the decision needs to stay uh, definitely with, with HR um, always, just because it's such a critical piece to sort of your, your engagement and your, you know, your, your people environment and just making sure that you guys really drive that engagement. You don't want necessarily somebody outside of your department making decisions on your technology where you're trying to basically utilize that technology to drive employee engagement and data analytics and making sure your processes are done and whether you can do things on the fly. So I think it's just also like from a networking perspective, like, you know, I think all these, these vendors out there have like great networks where you can bounce ideas off other HRIS people or, you know, HR technologists and other areas where IT just doesn't have that total skill set when it comes to bringing that compliance technology and people side together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you got to think about, you know, also mm -hmm. just the, the, the type of person that's, that's in it, you know, they have sort of a different outlook that that maybe a little bit of a different interest, you know, they're very interested in technology, whereas an HR person has that, has that, you know, just sort of an intrinsic interest in, yeah. in, 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 in the people of the organization, right? And that and that's not a you know that's not a pejorative or anything in either direction, right? And you're you're making a very good rational argument for you know for that HR person to really stretch their understanding and just understand that they need to understand technology in order to um, to be as influential as possible. You mentioned that, and I love this. Um, you're basically your SaaS provider that is your IT department yeah. in a sense mm -hmm. right that's really interesting it made me wonder you know uh, there's probably some stat out there somewhere that we can find like I wonder how many folks who used to be in IT for just whatever type of organization how many of them have maybe you know uh, migrated to to join some sort of software vendor to yeah, work on sure. it yeah like yeah. I'm sure like, you know, obviously these vendors, like they, they do the development for you, right? They write the code for you. So I'm sure there were like developers in IT that basically moved to some of these, you know, these SaaS models or these SaaS companies to really start writing that code. 
Um, I'm sure they have business analysts that sort of bring that together, you know, get the business rules and sort of work with the developers to sort of initiate or implement a lot of those business rules in the development of the software and the coding. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's switch let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, this is this is you know this is obviously all related, but let's talk in terms of techno the, the functionality that's available out there out in the the you know the landscape of all of these uh, HCM technology vendors. Um, what what is your 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 take? Um, the, you know, obviously there's going to be variations in how one vendor's technology enables you to get something done versus another's, right? But how much, you know, in terms of the, the big names that are out there, how much variation is there? Is Have we reached this this point where there's, there's where functionality isn't as much of a, um, of a differentiator, competitive differentiator as it used to be? Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you're definitely seeing like uh, the features there, most of the companies now have a lot of the same features, okay? Like one thing that, you know, I've always looked for is like sort of like a single database. Like to me, like, I'm not a big fan of like having interfaces in between HRIS systems or I like real-time data. So you're starting to see, you know, I think Ceridian was the first one that sort of did the single, the single database. Um, mm -hmm. You're starting to see other ones still obviously, you know, try to emulate that. You know, a lot of them have a unified systems where they do some really good, good, good work in the background trying to make sure that there's no hiccups when data moves back and forth. But when you think about like the old technology, most of it was on a mainframe system. You would, you know, enter things in the system and it'd go to the mainframe where it would process and then the, the data would transfer back and there was always data translation issues. You know, but you're starting to definitely see like sort of the, the core processes are done, right? When you think about like uh, payroll and benefits and vacation tracking and, mm -hmm. you know, time tracking and time rules, like they're, they're becoming pretty standard, right? So you're now definitely starting to see like more, um, more unique items come out, you know, like, um, you know, like the, uh, like a, uh, 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 a self-service or I shouldn't say okay. self-service, more of like a, an internet-based, you know, answering mm -hmm. system, like robots, Dayforce wallet, you know, like things of that nature, like sort of the more, let's call them unique things are starting to be, become a little bit of differentiators within the software, mobile technology. And, um, you know, like, you know, you could basically, they're, they're having like Alexa and some of these apps now. So you're really starting to see like, those are the differentiators mm -hmm. at the same time, like, um, what I don't want to happen in, with these with these vendors is to sort of lose lose sight of some of those core processes like payroll yeah. and benefits, right? Because like the last thing you want is those they've they've almost become like sort of the standard, like they just work very well. But mm -hmm. you don't want as new regulations come up, you don't want them to fall short on those things because those still are the core. But technology now has made payroll processing, benefits processing, like you know, data analytics, that like a lot of that, those dashboards are already built in, you know. So mm -hmm. a lot of them it's it's quick to do where you don't necessarily need to like, you know, spend a lot of time doing some of those core processes. So really like a lot of the vendors are really trying to um they're really trying to differentiate themselves with these these brand new things in the market that might be more futuristic. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be That'll be interesting, sort of a, a vicious loop right there. So, so for instance, you know, we've made so much progress in uh, all this kind of stuff. I think, I think back to, I, I love automobile analogies, right? You know, back yeah. in the 60s, it was all carbureted. And then they, 
And then they started to add, you know, fuel injection. And that used to be a big deal. You know, this car has fuel injection. That's great. Electronic fuel injection. Mm -hmm. It was started off as mechanical, but th this right. isn't um, automobile tech chat. But anyways, <laughs> the whole right. point being that, um, that now everything has that, that electronic fuel injection. And, you know, and, and it is, it's just something they've completely figured out in just about any car, except maybe, I don't know, every once in a while, you get one that can't do it, but, yeah. but you don't even have to think about it anymore. It'd be terrible if a, if car companies all of a sudden, you know, they were so focused on the new tech, like for instance, autonomous or semi-autonomous driving is that sort of a, of a novelty that only a few vehicles have like uh, Tesla and a couple of other premium brands, right? It would be terrible if they focus on much on that that somehow the electronic fuel injection just sort of yeah. lagged and maybe with new gasoline blends that are out coming out later that might they they might you know fail or something like that so so it's the same sort of thing so now what's interesting to me though is so so companies so the vendors are they are competing in terms of these novel new uh new capabilities that they can that yeah. they can offer right that's one thing but but is that a compelling enough like how compelling is that in terms of a competitive differentiator is uh in your opinion you know i think it depends on what they're trying to roll out and really the demographics of any company right so when you think about like on-demand pay like it definitely focuses more on sort of the manufacturing type environment or people that maybe you know, uh, more of the blue collar, um, you know, workforce where, you know, maybe like some, some, some companies like financial services, right, who maybe um, are more of the, you know, the, 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 the exempt and the, the you know, the, the, the higher pays, maybe that, that wouldn't necessarily work for you, right? Mm. I think when it comes to like differentiating, when it comes to like data analytics and whatnot, like, you know, it depends on like the organization, you know, like are your HR business partners uh, savvy enough to use those analytics and really drive making those decisions? I mean, mobile app is like, when you think about the generations that are coming down the line here, like, you know, the younger generations, like, they only know the mobile app, right? They're, they're not going on a browser at some point. Like, so like at some point, like they're gonna wanna do everything on the mobile app, right? So like they're gonna be able to do their performance reviews, you know, their compensation, their pay, their benefits all on that mobile app. So I think like you're gonna see like the, the, the best technology companies really start driving that mobile app, you know, and really making it um, the, the, the key driver of how to get information, you know? So I think that's gonna be one aspect. In addition, like you're definitely starting to see like, a little bit of a social aspect to some of these um, these HCM technologies. Like you'll see like little bulletin boards where you can like like put kudos on to like your your friends in the organization, etc. So it's almost like you really want to like get a way to drive people through to your mobile advice, uh, your mobile app um, through the HCM software, and like you know really get them engaged in that software and really make like sort of the the, the technology almost a little bit social, right? I mean you're seeing a a significant um, inner, you know, uh, integration between work and life, you know, so people basically, like, you know, they want, they, they probably log on to their, you know, HC, HCM app at night, you know, past like five o'clock, like there's really like the work hours are different. People are definitely more, you know, remote as the, as we become like, you know, after COVID more and more companies are going to be remote. So like they really want to feel connected through these, through these apps. So like there should be a good social, uh, hopefully a good, like I think companies should do like a, a social aspect to these apps where people can really post messages about, you know, projects that they're doing, et cetera. Like, 
you know, and I think I think HCM technology companies will continue to expand down the line to include maybe more, you know, complex complex items when it comes to like maybe executive comp or stock option trading or really trying to really starting to push the envelope to really drive everything into one sort of system. Mm. Yeah, because the more the the more folks you have in the system, uh, the more often, right? The the the, yeah. the more it's going to achieve for the organization. Yeah, and so we, on a previous conversation, we and this this kind of segues into this. Um, we talked about you know the generations and and yeah. you know and the idea of millennials who aren't, aren't really the, the young generation anymore. You know they're right. they're in their late thirties and early forties. Um, but but also Generation Z, who I've heard called Zoomers and these sorts of things. And you mentioned the younger generations and their their just inclination to do everything uh, or propensity to do everything via the mobile mm -hmm. the mobile device through the mobile application of of whatever the functionality is. Right. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about functionality and it's you know what its perceived uh, worth is. Um, to, to the various generations, you know, the older generation, so you and I, I think we're both, we may both be Gen X. I, I am very much Gen X, right smack dab in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, to me, you know, I, I recall, you know, I remember when there was no internet. And, and I actually, I do remember when internet happened and it was really cool. And, it, and it's, I can't imagine life without it anymore, but except I can, I can fathom life without it, right? right? You know, because we didn't have it. So, whereas you know, millennials and but especially uh, Zoomers, um, yeah. they they literally do not know a world where there was not this level of connectivity, right. um, and also this this level of um, of technological capability. So, you know, what what are the implications in in your opinion uh, for HR or any any enterprise software? Vendor, but 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 focused on HCM, right? Yeah. What, what are the implications of uh, of that for these vendors? Well, I think you know it's interesting. You know, as as the as the the more mature generations start to retire, you know, these mature generations, they've seen the really like the older antiquated systems. They've seen the evolution the evolution of technology from like you know as what we would say probably right now is really really bad 15 20 years ago really complex to hey a little bit better to even a little bit better to like 2020 it, it's actually pretty good like when you see like these these systems are really good but it, they're probably really good to these more mature generations because we've seen the really bad right so yeah. when you think about these newer generations like they've never really seen bad technology right i mean like they've always had a mobile phone they've they've always had the apps right like you know, think about 10, 15 years ago, yeah, I mean, technology was really good, but we were still going on the browsers, you know, the, we didn't really have the apps as much as we do now. So for them, like, you know, they don't know what it was really like, they, their, their benchmark is a lot higher than ours was, okay? So I think what you're going to start to see is like, depending on your HCM software, like they're going to want all the bells and whistles, right? Right off the bat, right? They're like, they don't know what really bad was. So they're continuing to look to the future and be like, if they hear something else from another company or one of their friends company has something else, they're going to, they're going to expect that in the software, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they probably won't even ask you the question, like, do you have mobile technology? Can you basically, you know, enter your vacation on mobile technology? Can you do dashboards on mobile technology? They're going to assume that that's there, right? So you're seeing, you're going to see 
see a difference in sort of like, let's call it the, the expected business rules to basically just automatically be there. You know, they're not going to, they're, they're, they're never going to ask you anything about like, you know, connectivity or is it internet based or what can you do on the internet? What can you do on the mobile? They're just going to assume everything's mobile. So you're going to start to see a significant shift as these, these younger generations come up that everything's going to be based on technology. They're going to want, you know, one-stop shops. They're going to want to do everything in their mobile app from social to pay to, you know, Venmo. They're going to want to do everything in that one-stop shop. They're probably going to want to do their banking in the same app at some point, right? So it's like, you're going to see a significant drive toward really ease, te- you know, not only use like using your technology for ease, but like for convenience, right? They want that convenience. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not, it's, it's, nobody's asking, um, well, let's put it differently. A boomer might might ask have asked um, several years ago. Oh, can I make a phone call, like a regular phone yeah. call on the smartphone, right? <laughs> Whereas, you know, this is kind of a like an extreme example, but just to make the point, you know, a Zoomer would never would never ask that. This is that's just something you don't yeah. even ask. Of course, of course right, you can make exactly. a phone call. Oh, and by the way, I, I don't make phone calls, you know, I text, right? You know. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, like I think you're seeing like you're starting to see a significant change from like text like from email to text right like more and more people are texting business and you know like where we used to basically do like these long drawn out emails you know everyone's going to text so i think text i think eventually like at some point text will be the main communication method probably probably that's yeah i I, i'm I'm inclined to agree with you you know and and into the same the same point nobody's nobody's even wondering you know well well, a zoomer a zoomer is going to go in there and they're just going to assume that the technology they're getting um, is going to process payroll correctly every yeah. time in the most efficient way possible. Which you know, so for 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 a, for a vendor who's um, and, and we're talking about once the Zoomers get into le- uh, positions of leadership and start yeah. being decision makers in the um, in the selection of these various technologies. So you know that so for for a vendor to 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 falter in that area today that's pretend uh, excuse me in the not too distant future that could be potentially just catastrophic and absolutely um destructive to their business yeah and i think like you know even now that even though they're not in leadership positions like they still do drive a lot of the workforce culture like you know millennials drove a lot of the great changes like in flexibility right so i mean like to me, like the gen, you know, the, the millennials and the, the Zoomers, they're going to drive more different cultural aspects, right? Like they, they want even more flexibility, but at the same time, like they want, you know, they want a purpose, right? So like, you know, social responsibility is going to be big in these, in these new HCM companies, et cetera, really driving that type of stuff also. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how effective is it? I, I just want to get back to this question. Um, uh, how effective really is it, uh, given this new landscape for a, um, let me put it differently, what would be the best way for an HCM technology vendor today to, 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 to differentiate itself or to, or to advocate, let's not say differentiate for itself, but instead advocate for itself in the market to, um, to get more eyeballs, more interest, to, to gain market share? What would, you know, what, what would be what would be the best way or, uh, or what are we seeing? How are they? That's a better question. What are, what are you seeing in that area? How, how are vendors sort of 
presenting themselves? Are they talking about their functionality? Is, it, is that what they're just fixated on solely or is it part of a greater mix in the marketing yeah. messaging? Like what's going on? You know, I think like, I think all these technology companies, obviously they, they, they do talk about their technology, but at the same time, like, you know, there's also a big uh, engagement and cultural aspect that, uh, that you're sort of buying when you buy these, you know, these platforms, right? Like, you know, you're buying this HR technology to really engage your, engage your, 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 your employees. And also like, you know, you want to basically have a great culture, your company to like, you know, get the best workers and the best talent and really retain that. So you're really like, you know, there's a big, there's a big push to sort of talk about the culture of these HCM companies and how great their culture is. And they sort of utilize, you know, their software is sort of one of the main drivers of the culture, right? So not only are you as a, as, as a, a customer trying to really to buy the technology, but I think inherently in the back of your mind, you're, you're hoping to, to buy their culture also, right? Like, mm -hmm. so I think it's very important that, you know, these these HCM companies have a great culture that they're really driving some some cultural aspects. I mean, when you think about like, you know, in the early '90s, like you know, Ultimate Software, they're the one that started the the people first thing. I think they were the the, the main driver of that. That really really put employees to the forefront where they really can really tell, you know, sort of their culture. And they continue to do that. Um, you know, and more and more companies, more and more HCM companies are really doing that. You're seeing a lot more activity on, on LinkedIn, like, hey, I got a job at Paylocity. Hey, I got a job at iSolved, right? So you're seeing really in the marketplace, like, hey, congratulations, you're coming. Like, like to me, it's like, even these, like, the, like, you'll see people that basically are saying they got an internship, you know, on LinkedIn, which I think is like, we would have never done that like 15 years ago, right? Like nobody cared about our internships, but now <laughs> It's an opportunity to be like, hey, by the way, like, hey, I'm starting my career and they're really trying to like sort of drive culture. You know, you talk about like Glassdoor, right? I mean, like, I think everybody goes to Glassdoor and like, you know, obviously you got to take some of the reviews with a grain of salt, but you know, when you, when you have like 3000 reviews, you're like, there, there is, there's a, that's a good enough review to really like get what, you know, get what the culture is at an organization. And I think you know, you, you see organizations where they, maybe their glass door goes up or their glass door goes down and stuff like that. So I think it's extremely important for, you know, these leaders in these companies to really understand, like, as they start to, like, you know, do these shifts in technology and sort of like, you know, obviously, you know, there's a financial aspect, they're still trying to make money, et cetera. But like, that does take a, that can take a significant toll if like your, your culture starts to drop or you're, you're not focused on your culture anymore because a lot of people are trying to buy that culture too. Yeah. It, that's, that's, that's the, the, the real point right there. I think you really uh, put it very, uh, very well there. People are buying that culture too. You know, yeah. that, the, the, I think that I, what I've noticed too with the HCM vendors is that they, the technology vendors, what they're doing is they're 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 presenting this sort of archetypal you know ideal um uh employer culture that yeah. they have themselves and you know a lot of them do have that um yeah. and, and there's also a way to market that message too right? right but you think about everybody who's most people who went into hr you know they they didn't go into hr because they wanted to be involved in you know tedious compliance related things all day long yeah. they, you know or um or to be sort of the 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 arbiter and say you know uh, some sort of a layoff or or a very difficult situation of having to fire somebody although although that's all part of the job right. it absolutely is um but they went into it because they they're they're people people yeah. And they want the, you know, I'd say most of them uh, want at their core for their organization to be 
the the most it can be from a from a people standpoint. You know, to have that high level of engagement. So it's a way. Um, I think it's very it's very smart. You know, it's a way for those for those organizations to to kind of maybe even live a little bit vicariously. Or, or that's probably that's I would put it a little bit more positively. It's a way for them to to aspire. It's 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 inspiration for them. Yeah. Um, they can live vicariously through it uh, in the meantime, but it's it's kind of a, a motivation to aspire to be that, you know, which is really interesting. It's, it's a great marketing message. Yeah, I think, you know, also, I think, you know, one thing that you're starting to see, which is actually really good with these technology softwares is like they're really starting to also address business issues. Right. And I think it's. You know, when you when you know when you think about like the finance department or the marketing department, you know, and you know they're they're really involved in the business. So like these technologies should really start to you know address business issues, right? Like so, I think it's like you know if you can really start to address these business issues, like what are your business issues? Like are you trying to become more digital? Are you trying to grow your organization? How do these new technologies you know fit into your culture and your engagement? But also like. How does it basically help your business and the bottom line from a financial perspective when it comes to pe the people side of things? And I think that's one thing that has been significantly missing sort of throughout the years. It's been more of a process driven thing, but mm -hmm. you're, you're definitely seeing the, 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 the culture, but you're also now seeing like, what are really, what are the real business issues that are, are really, you know, happening right now, especially when it comes to like, I'll give you an example, like COVID, right? You're going to see more and more companies allow people to work anywhere in the United States, right? So it's like, they these is there a compliance issue that happens with people working all over the place? Yeah, so we want these softwares to be able to do that. But by doing that, you're basically, you know, increasing your talent pool. Like you can hire somebody in like Idaho now that might be the best technologist that might maybe never come in the office. So you're gonna see like really these technology companies also start to address some of these significant business issues. And that's super important. Right. It, this this is um, I actually wasn't expecting us to necessarily get into this um, today, but 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 I will say that that um, this this very much um, intersects with an idea that a uh, thematic direction of our research at 360 Insights this year. This idea of uh, we call it concrete and abstract HCM. Uh, concrete HCM being all those things that are financially quantifiable, having to do with HCM. How does it you know payroll being possibly the most concrete aspect of, of uh, HCM, although sometimes payroll lives under finance, but it is a number, that it, an indisputable number that, um, that goes out every week, two weeks or monthly, right? right. But there's also, but there's a whole employee sentiment thing around that too, right? right. You know, if, if you get payroll wrong, Good luck, buddy. I mean, you're going to have a big, a big mutiny on your hands uh, very quickly, uh, depending on how large the uh, mistake is. I think, I think it came out from the, um, it was a, it was a, a number. Yes, the Workforce Interest Institute from UKG. They came out uh, with a finding: forty-nine percent, near, uh, essentially half of employees are willing to tolerate just two, just two, or excuse me, just one, uh, some sort of mistake. With payroll, um, and they're they're looking they're 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 looking for a new for a new employee uh, employer after that, which is really interesting. But but bringing it back to what you said, the the vendors focusing on the business the business impact of yeah. HCM, right? We need to broaden um, our understanding or our kind of our concept of what 
the business impact is of our people, in my opinion, you know, and there's, yeah. there's a lot of it that's sort of very easily translatable to the, to the, uh, to um, accounting language, you know, or what the accounting think, you know, it's, a, yeah. you know, okay, we expended this much labor, uh, labor, we spent this much on labor expenditure for, um, for, uh, for our scheduling, you know, if we get something that's better, more efficient uh, for the technology, we'll save X amount, you know, and that's a productivity, that's a productivity gain that we can, uh, that we can um, uh, lob into the, um, yeah. into the spreadsheet, right, these sorts of things, right. I was having a conversation uh, with someone recently. I do not recall who it was. I, I talked with so many people, <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> that sounded like a humble brag, and it wasn't. Trust me. <laughs> but anyway, we had this this thought that you know, what's financially quantifiable now is just what's what's what we can see right now. Yeah. There could be something that seems completely not quantifiable from a financial standpoint, and it may. Uh, therefore, uh, receive sort of short shrift from financial leadership and organization, but that thing could, in fact, be the trigger for something that does turn into something that's financially quantifiable later, you know, maybe even the organization no longer being a, a going concern because they neglected their employer culture for so long. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I think we're at a really, we're, we're at a, we have an excellent opportunity as the in the HCM market, I think, or the space as a profession, to expand that understanding of what the what really is the business impact of your people. Yeah. Yeah. My thought, yeah. And, and you know, and I've had conversations around this, um, you know, in terms of, you know, seeing HR as a cost to contain. That's that's been uh, the thing that HR has been tr for years just. Yeah working to to get out from under and instead something to invest in and I was speaking with um, uh, someone recently around this idea that you know why not literally put your your labor costs like put it in a different column right in in, in your in your accounting spreadsheet so treat it as an asset treat your people as an, and then all of a sudden they become an asset to invest in what, what are your thoughts around this well, that's interesting. You know, I mean, I think you're right. It's hard to quantify a lot of like sort of like the cost of HR when it comes to the people, right? I mean, obviously from a payroll perspective and benefits, that's like, a, that's a hard dollar cost. But like, I don't know if it's really easy to quantify like the amount of wasted labor or the amount of disengagement or realistically, you know, we there's, there's always these turnover metrics that like a turnover person, you know, cost you $50,000. Like, I don't know if that's really quantifiable when it comes to training. I think, you know, as we basically become more and more technology driven, I think our, our skill sets are really falling behind. I think like, you know, hiring the right person is very important, okay? You know, it's like making sure that they, they fit into what you want, you know, in addition to like, I heard this recently, like, you know, instead of having a cultural fit, had a, have a cultural ad, like some of that adds to your culture in a positive way and stuff like that, which I thought was a very interesting thing. That's some, the way somebody put it, right? Like, but at the same time, like, you know, as, as more and more companies are going through like, you know, diversity, like, you know, you, you see like these, you, you see a lot of times when you recruit, you're looking for five to 10 years of experience of HR operations, they have to work in financial services, but like, are you better off now, like quantifying to, to get bigger bang for your buck to get somebody that was not in financial services, get somebody that was in manufacturing, bring some of those experiences, 
get somebody that you know wasn't in HR operations their whole life. Maybe they were in accounting. Maybe they were in marketing for a while. Maybe they were in like you know manufacturing operations. So you you're gonna start to see like to, in order to quantify a little bit about those costs, like you really do need to get people that have diverse experiences that really try to like you know bring that to the table you know, mm. so to speak, to really, you know, help, you know, not have this group think, right? Because like, if, you, if, if everybody's had the same exact experiences, you're not really getting that additional, like, you know, diversity and experience, diversity and thought, diversity and idea, you know, but, but it is, it's really hard to quantify some of those soft skills. And I think that if somebody can figure out how to do that, that'd be like a golden ticket. Yeah, um, it, it, it's definitely not going to be, um, uh, well, it, 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 I think it would be somebody who has some sort of a financial background that's going to know yeah, exactly. exactly how to do that. One thing that's interesting, though, that what you said, and it occurred to me, is you're absolutely right. You know, it's um, it's difficult to quantify. It's next to, well, I'm not going to say next to impossible because I don't know enough about this. Right. Um, I but, but it seems to me that'd be very difficult to quantify what's what's the potential value lost by not doing something you know yeah. that's that that to me is just it, it's 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 too it's too vague you know even though even though it it definitely does have an impact um yeah you, you can't really yeah i can't imagine trying to put a dollar amount right. to that yeah. yeah, it's too hard. It's too, I mean, like we've been talking, HR people have been talking about this for 20 years and we're still talking about the same issue. So somebody hasn't solved it yet. We're still trying to, but somebody hasn't solved it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great point. And maybe, maybe that's a, I was just looking at the time um, and, and maybe that's a, maybe that, that's a good place to, to sort of land. You know, I think, I think we've been talking about these things for a while. They're very important. Um, we still have our work cut out for us to yeah. figure out, you know, how to actually um, broaden that 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 understanding of the value of people to an organization. Although I do think that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, we're definitely moving in the right direction. A lot of work to do, though. You know, we we got to continue to move forward to quantify that. But yeah, we're definitely moving in the right direction with technology and culture and engagement. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Thanks so much, Tom. Yeah, thanks thank so you. much. Yeah, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. I'm sure our viewers will absolutely love it. Thanks, Brent. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye.